0: Welcome back. This time we are looking at part two in this crash course of Form 1040 Basics. Thank you for tuning in to Tax Justice Warriors. Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low-income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I'm your host, William Schmidt, the director of the Low-Income Taxpayer Clinic at Kansas Legal Services. Okay, to start out with the episode, I want to make a correction to something I stated last episode. I said that the Tax season would be starting on January 25, but it has been pushed back to February 12. That will be giving the IRS extra time to work on their forms and do software programming. I'm sure that will give the tax preparation services extra time to work on their materials and software So hopefully everyone will be prepared for the tax season, though it will be just a little bit over two months that we will have to do tax returns from start to finish. So I hope everyone is prepared for that tax season. So last episode, I looked at the first page of the Form 1040. This is a way to introduce some different concepts regarding taxes, to do a bit of a crash course. So in looking at Form 1040, page 1, we have the concepts of filing status, dependents, total income, adjustments to income, adjusted gross income, then deductions, the choice of standard or itemized deductions resulting in taxable income that goes to page two. Now, with page two, we are taking that taxable income and looking at the amount of tax that would be owed based on that amount of taxable income. So, generally. Software would look that up, but if you are doing the tax return using paper, then you would go through the Form 1040 instructions or other applicable forms for the 2020 tax tables. You would find the, the lines for the tax based on the taxable income, and you make sure that the filing status lines up as well because they are different rates based on the filing status for that amount of income, and that would be entered on line 16 of Form 1040. From there, we will turn to Schedule 2, and Schedule 2 looks at other taxes such as self-employment tax, household employment taxes, additional tax on IRAs or other qualified retirement plans and tax-favored accounts, AMT, or the need to make an excess advanced premium tax credit repayment. Now, with those taxes, that is added to the tax on line 16, so we have that sum total. Then we are turning to credits with line 19. Now, I like to say about credits is that the common person gets excited when hearing about any kind of tax credit, but I try to inform people that not all credits were created equally. That here we have the non-refundable credits. The non-refundable credits are used to reduce that amount of tax. Potentially, they can reduce the amount of tax to zero. Then we will come to refundable credits later on that actually those credits lead to the refund. They lead to cash in hand for the taxpayer. And I will talk through the child tax credit because that has both a non-refundable and a refundable portion. But for now, there is the potential for the child tax credit or the credit for other dependents. And then turning to Schedule 3, any credit that was not claimed on Form 1040 or 1040-SR such as the foreign tax credit, education credits, general business credit, and then other payments such as an amount paid with a request for an extension to file or excess social security tax withheld. So part of the Schedule Three credits are added to the child tax credit or credit for other dependents as non-refundable credits that they are reducing the tax So, we are adding those lines for the non-refundable credits. Those are subtracted from the tax and they could potentially reduce it to zero. Now we are turning on line 23 to other taxes, including self-employment tax. So, with the non-refundable credits, there is potential for tax to be reduced to zero but then self-employment tax can still be added in, even though that was at zero. Those taxes are added up on line 24, and that is the taxpayer's total tax. Now, on line 25, we have Form W-2, Form 1099, and other forms with tax withholding, So those are included on the different parts of line 25. So with the withholding, one of the things that I like to instruct people about is the difference between being an employee and an independent contractor, that an employee is working for a business and the business agrees to take out that individual's Medicare and Social Security payments. These are called employment taxes, but the employer not only takes out the individual's amount of the employment taxes, but they also match that amount of the taxes and make that payment to the government. What is different is, for an independent contractor or someone who is self-employed is that there is an unspoken conversation that happens with the government where the individual is saying, I not only want to be my own employee, but I am also in the working in the role of my own boss. So I want to take on both roles. And so the government agrees and says, Okay, then, well, you are responsible for paying both that employment tax and the matching funds and submitting that all to the government on your own. The problem is that self-employed people do not realize that they are taking on this responsibility, and so they often do not make those, any of those payments, And wind up owing at tax time because they have not done any of their withholding or making payments to the government during the year. That is why the government has quarterly payments that self employed individuals are supposed to make during a calendar year that they're supposed to make quarterly payments in order to stay current or pay over in order to have a refund during the year. And so this is something that I try and teach people who are going into business for themselves is the importance of paying their taxes during the year. I think this is an area where self-employed people and businesses often fail because they do not pay all of their bills, especially they do not pay all of their taxes during the year, and so they wind up owing too much money and going out of business. So that is everything I wanted to put in about withholding and line 25. Turning to line 26, that is Those estimated tax payments that an individual could make during the year or amounts applied from the previous tax return, those are then combined with credits like the earned income credit, the additional child tax credit, American Opportunity Credit, Recovery Rebate Credit, and other credits from Schedule 3. Those are then combined on line 32 as total other payments and refundable credits that that withholding during the year it is the goal for that to take care of whatever tax was left and then with refundable credits then that would lead to a refund above and beyond and so like I was saying about the child tax credit and also the recovery rebate credit Those are both non-refundable and refundable credits, that if a person has one of those credits, first it will be non-refundable, used to reduce tax on lines 19 and 20, and then what is left over from those can be refundable credits on lines 27 through 31, which can lead to a refund. So the refund is lines 34 through 36. There are spots for direct deposit where you can put in your routing and account numbers. Choose if the account is a checking or savings account. If, in fact, you do not have enough of the payments or credits, then there is an amount owed on lines 37 and 38 that you could factor in the estimated tax penalty on line 38. A person could pay in full or start looking into an installment agreement. And I want to take this point to mention again that if at this point the taxpayer sees that they're going to owe, I would urge the taxpayer or the preparer at this point that it is better to file the tax return than not. Some people are afraid on being on the IRS's radar if they would owe money, but I do not think that that is the issue, that with all of the reporting to the government about payments, the IRS is going to know eventually who owes them money or not. But in fact, there are penalties for failure to pay and failure to file. The failure to file penalty is much worse. It will accrue faster. So I would say to always get the tax return filed, and then it is the taxpayer's choice on what to do, whether they want to set up a payment plan, if they are looking into currently not collectible status, I certainly understand for the taxpayers who do nothing, but I still think it is best to work with the IRS from the beginning and get something figured out. But even if a person owes thousands of dollars and is unable to pay the IRS, I believe it is best to get the tax return filed and reduce the penalties rather than do nothing at all. So overall, that is my review of the Form 1040, the crash course on tax return basics as we are starting a new tax season. I hope this helps you get prepared and think about different things with regard to the tax return and the tax season. Good luck to you on the tax season. Many happy returns. And I hope it all works out for you, that it is not a stressful time, that you or your clients do not owe a large amount of money. But overall, I wish you the best of luck in getting everything filed and dealing with the questions or stresses of the tax season. Thank you for tuning in to Tax Justice Warriors. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.